This is Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to the news on Radio Taiwan International. I'm John Van Trieste, coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. We begin with a look at today's top stories. President Tsai Ing-wen says that as president, she must demonstrate the will of Taiwan's people and make it clear where Taiwan's bottom line is. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu wraps up a trip to three of Taiwan's Caribbean allies. And the Interior Ministry unveils guidelines on what constitutes key infrastructure and public works. But first, today's top story. President Tsai Ing-wen says that as president, she must demonstrate the will of Taiwan's people and make it clear where Taiwan's bottom line is. Tsai was responding Friday to a suggestion that she avoid speaking about China's declaration of a one-country, two-systems plan for Taiwan at the start of the year. Taipei Mayor Ko Wenzhe told a Taipei City Council member Thursday that Tsai should not say anything about the plan in order to avoid provoking Beijing. However, Tsai said that as president, she must make Taiwan's position clear to prevent misunderstandings. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu is wrapping up a trip to three of Taiwan's Caribbean allies, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and St. Lucia. All three nations have been vocal in their support for Taiwan's inclusion in international organizations. Wu has arrived in St. Lucia, the last stop on his itinerary. There, he has met with St. Lucian Prime Minister Alan Chastanet. In a tweet, Wu wrote that relations between Taiwan and St. Lucia are firm and have the potential to lead to more mutually beneficial cooperation. During Wu's trip to the Caribbean, he has also met with St. Kitts and Nevis Prime Minister Timothy Harris, St. Kitts and Nevis Governor General Tapley Seaton, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines Prime Minister Ralph Gonzalez. He also inspected the progress of bilateral cooperation projects. He attended a groundbreaking ceremony for a national roadway renovation project in St. Lucia. He also witnessed the signing of an agreement under which Taiwan will donate police vehicles to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The Interior Ministry has unveiled guidelines on what constitutes key infrastructure and public works. The guidelines, passed Thursday, allow the government some flexibility when it plans to build military facilities, major infrastructure projects, or public works involving national land. The guidelines include transportation, water, and energy facilities in its list of key infrastructure. This means that high-speed railways, regular railways, public transportation systems, airports, harbors, water purification plants, reservoirs, power generation equipment, liquefied natural gas terminals, and fuel storage tanks are all covered. The Interior Ministry says that all projects must be for the public good, must be necessary, and must be cross-regional in nature. The Transitional Justice Commission is marking the end of its first year of work. The government set up the commission a year ago on Friday, charging it with uncovering the truth about the abuses of Taiwan's post-war authoritarian government. In a radio interview Friday, the commission's acting chairperson, Yang Cui, looked back on the commission's accomplishments and the challenges it has faced in the past year. Yang said the commission has overturned unjust convictions from the authoritarian period, collected political documents from the era, and put together a documentary film on state surveillance of campuses during the 1980s. However, Yang says it takes time to gather historical documents that could help uncover the truth behind the wrongs of the past. Yang said that the National Archives Administration has recently tracked down more than 130,000 documents, the largest cache it has yet assembled for the commission. However, only 20,000 of the documents have arrived. 
The rest are still being transferred and may not start arriving until next year. Yang also said that some documents the commission has requested have not been handed over, while others have been rendered unreadable due to redactions. The commission was set up with a two-year mandate. Yang said that in its second and final year, the commission will step up efforts to collect and declassify documents. She said it will also propose strategies for future historical research, put forward a plan to rid Taiwan of authoritarian symbols, and work with the government to plan and promote human rights education. Blockchain clubs from 15 Taiwanese universities announced on Friday that they have formed an alliance to pool resources and to foster skilled workers in the sector. Blockchain is a bookkeeping technology that pertains to cryptocurrency transactions. The clubs are from some of the best universities in Taiwan, including National Taiwan University, National Changgong University, and National Taiwan Normal University. One of the alliance's conveners, Tu Ruoyu of National Zhengzhou University, said that there is a lot of fraudulent activity in cryptocurrency exchanges. Tu said he hopes the alliance will help regulate the sector and bring together skilled people from across Taiwan. Meanwhile, a member of National Taiwan University's blockchain club said that he hopes the alliance will attract a larger variety of talent, and that it will bring forth more workshops and forums to foster talent and push the sector forward. The Government Emergency Center, tasked with keeping African swine fever out of Taiwan, has added South Korea to the list of areas it considers to be at high risk of an outbreak. The move follows the announcement of a case of the disease in neighboring North Korea. Though not a danger to humans, the disease is 100% fatal to pigs. Any infected pork products brought into Taiwan could devastate Taiwan's domestic pork industry. Already, travelers coming to Taiwan from China and parts of Southeast Asia must submit their hand luggage for inspection on arrival. Beginning Friday, travelers arriving from South Korea are subject to the same inspection before entering Taiwan. Cities all over Taiwan took it in turns to shut down over the past week for the annual Wan'an Air Raid Drill. During the exercise, all citizens must seek shelter indoors, and all cars must pull over to the side of the road. However, despite warnings and reminders, people were still caught violating the rules during this year's drill. The streets of Taipei were pelted with heavy rain during this year's Wan'an Air Raid Drill. During the drill, people must remain indoors and cars must pull over to the side of the road. Many planned their whole day around the drill. One worker says she left work an hour early to avoid trouble. However, there are also those that ignore the seriousness of the drills. A cyclist was among those caught outside by the authorities during this year's drill. Some people ignore the rules entirely and keep going about their daily business. One man was even out making a trip to the pharmacy to pick up some medicine. The government's mobile phone warning system ensures that all citizens are alerted when the drills begin. Those found ignoring the rules can expect a fine of up to 150,000 new Taiwan dollars. Leslie Liao, RTI News. Taiwan's sock makers might benefit from the escalating trade war between the United States and China. That's according to the Taiwan Hosiery Manufacturers Association. Shetou Township in the central county of Zhanghua has long been Taiwan's hosiery hub. Recently, it received an order worth 300 million Taiwan dollars from a customer in the United States. The customer originally ordered the goods from China. However, fearing high tariffs imposed on Chinese goods, it has reconsidered and transferred the order to Taiwan. The chair of the Taiwan Hosiery Manufacturers Association Wei Bingyi says the deal is not completely final yet, but that Taiwan's sock makers will do their best to secure the order. 
In its heyday, there were 600 sock makers in Shetou Township. Production in the township once reached 200 million pairs of socks per year. Although there are only 300 sock makers left, with fewer orders to go around, Wei says that manufacturers large and small can team up to win back business. To ensure the good times return, Wei also says the government and the private sector must stand in unity. Paula Chow, RTI News. Lanterns are a popular decoration in many Taiwanese households. A craftsman in the northeastern county of Yilan has breathed new life into lantern making by using recycled materials. Lanterns of different shapes and sizes hang from the ceiling of Lin Chao Jin's workshop. They're not just beautiful to look at. Many of them are functional, serving as practical objects like vases, lamps, and fishbowls. Lin used to work as a postman, but he became hooked on the craft of lantern making after trying it out for the first time a few years ago. He has since been trying to incorporate discarded materials into the lantern making process, incorporating cloth, bottles, and even leaves into his works. Lin says that finding ways to put these materials to use bring him a lot of joy. He says he looks forward to continuing to push boundaries and to make lanterns in creative ways. Jake Chen, RTI News. Thanks for joining me for the news. I'm John Van Trieste. Stay tuned for another 50 minutes of English language features brought to you by Radio Taiwan International.